0: Jim Britt and Jim Lutz had a vision. And the Change Book series was developed. Welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your host, Work Life Balance Specialist, Deb Crow. Join Deb Weekly where she interviews the top co-authors from all over the globe who share their insights into self-empowerment with life-enhancing realizations that will touch every area of your life. We're live every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 1.30 Eastern Standard Time.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. It's Deb Crow, and I can't believe it's the middle of December. And I have to share with you with excitement that I live in London, Ontario, Canada, that most of you know. And normally we are covered in a blanket or an avalanche of snow. And this week on our local news, London, Ontario is being deemed the new Florida. We have had double-digit temperatures. It is still very lush and green here in Canada, and it certainly does not look like or is conducive to December winter weather here. So that's just a little tidbit that I wanted to share with you that I I feel like I'm a Floridian or maybe somebody from California with the wonderful weather that we're having. So excited to be back with you. I can't believe we're in the last two weeks of 2015, and got a an awesome, awesome radio show for you today. My first author from The Change is from book four. And she's a fellow Canadian. And I'd like to just give you a little bit of background about her. Her name is Donna Doll, And she is an author, speaker. She's an empowerment coach. And she is a catalyst for change. She's a lifetime member of CEO Space. And she's been an online columnist with both the Women's International Network and the Calgary Beacon. She's a popular speaker. I know that she sought out for subjects of motivation, self-promotion, and self-improvement. And one of the things that I'm certainly very, very proud about that Donna has uh, created in her in her professional career is she was awarded the 2012 Queen Elizabeth II Diamond Jubilee Medal for her contributions to both her peers and her community. She was also awarded the 100th Anniversary International Women's Day Award for Outstanding Service in Business in 2011. So we're going to have a dynamic 30 minutes with Donna. So Donna, welcome to the show. Thank you. And tell me, what is the weather like out in Western Canada?
2: Well, it says... So they dropped a whole big pile of white icing on the ground and we woke up this morning to everything white.
1: Would you share with our listeners, Donna, what your area of passion and business is?
2: My passion is to support individuals who are proceeding along a path that says, I would love to manifest my dream. I live in a world where dreams drive the engine that motivates success in my clients and in my readers. No dream is too big or too small dreams are the they're the motivation that make giant steps possible
1: well and I know from our conversations and getting to know you through the change Donna I love your branding it's about coach catalyst synergist and taking someone from stuck to start in 90 minutes can you just give us a a small snippet a uh, snippet of kind of what your strategies are and and some of the common repetitive things that you see in your clients um,
2: I think perhaps the most common repetitive thing that i see is a change in the level of confidence you know, if confidence were a commodity, I think it would be one of the hottest things for sale in the marketplace. Confidence is what allows us to be able to take and take the next step. Confidence is the piece that says, I can stand up, I can hold my shoulders back, and I can move forward. So many times, if we're... On our own, if we're alone, if we don't have somebody to talk to, to bounce ideas off of, to to share our dreams, the world can be a lonely place. And so uh, what I say to people is, you know, are you one of these individuals that likes to think out loud and after a while you sort of get tired of talking to the walls and wouldn't it be nice if somebody was listening to you? I think that if if more of us had mentors, if more of us were members of a mutual cheerleading team, if more of us had individuals who were supportive and in our court to take us to the next level or give us some ideas about what the best next step would be, then more of us would be experiencing success. More of us as employees would be engaged in the workplace. More of us as leaders would be feeling empowered to lead and not necessarily hovering around in that realm called management. Empowerment can touch so many different areas of our life. Empowerment is... It's it's the energy that allows us to create new things or think about things in different ways or move outside the box. I could go on for a very long time, Deb, but I think that answers your question.
1: I know, and I you know how much I love talking to you
2: and i i love
1: you just said two things there and i i'm always taking notes when i'm interviewing the co-authors because it's such a it's such a blessing for me and every week i learn so much about the co-authors and i know the other co-authors are enjoying the half hour of getting to know you if they've not connected with you yet confidence if it was a commodity i love that that's so powerful and I really agree with you about mentors. I just think our life experiences and, and how we interpret them and how we experience them and how we process them and, and how we give back when we share those with others, I think that's just such a valuable gift. And I think some people are just incredible mentors. So who who is one of your mentors that you, that you would name and, and speak of or maybe refer to on a regular basis?
2: my dad my my father was one of uh he was the supreme mentor in so many different ways he taught me about uh how to do business with a handshake he uh, he taught me how to think about uh what i see in front of me in in interesting ways he would craft puzzles out of wood and say, you know, solve. So I was being nurtured from a very early age about just observing my world, interpreting my world, translating my world, uh, participating in my world. And all those lessons came from my dad. Well, and there's something else
1: that you and I have in common because I I certainly can say that. And I lost my dad when I was 21, but he made such a significant impact in my life during the formidable years that I've I've held on to all of those core beliefs and values and ethics and just those common sense things that you get from your parents. So there's another one, another element we have in common, Miss Donna. Mm, now so nice. I know that I know that you're a lifetime member of CEO space and I'm I'm excited about that because you know we're such a growing powerful global community and, and just you know, I give kudos every week to Jim Britt and to Jim Lute for their vision and creating this amazing book series and just all the wonderful, amazing people that I've met. And you must have been excited to see the foreword in all of the books written by The CEO, the chairman of the CEO Space International, Bernie Dorman. Have you ever had an opportunity to meet with him or be at an event?
2: Could you share with our listeners? Uh, I've not had an opportunity to have a personal conversation with Bernie Dorman. There are so many people that attend all of the uh, CEO Space Forums that. Uh, It's just not possible to get around uh, to absolutely everyone, but CEO space did something for me in that it really supersized my confidence. And I give Bernie Dorman nothing but credit for the kind of program that he has put together in support of training and creating space for CEOs to come together and collaborate and deliberate and bounce ideas off of people who are extremely successful uh in their world of business uh, to be able to sit at the table for instance with somebody like uh David Tyerman, for instance who's a a branding specialist uh, and uh someone Uh, For instance, like Michael Drew, who has uh, a program called Promote a Book, where he supports individuals who want to take their book to the New York Times bestseller list. These individuals make themselves available to people who are eager to learn, eager to get a glimpse into that world. And so in in that way, I applaud Bernie Dorman for setting up uh, a a beautiful program of mentorship. Thanks for asking that question, Deb. That's beautiful. Well,
1: I always love to really hone in and and bring out the best uh, that I can of each co-author. So tailing on to what we're talking about, what excites you about our global community and the Change Book series, Donna? Uh
2: what excites me is that uh the series is bound to, to support and create far more energy around the whole concept of coaching, around the whole concept that you know it it not only takes a whole village to raise a child but i think that we can we can accept that it's possible to embrace those who want to become our proteges that we can also embrace those who have something to offer us in terms of our growth and development i always i've always kept the belief that if i want to be uh, a master, a leader at what I am doing, then I have to be able to learn from masters and leaders as well. It, these things are, may be to some degree innate, but we can also benefit a great deal from the models that are available before us. That's um, So in, in that respect, perhaps coaching will become more more visible and more common as a result of this series being being created
1: Well, I I fully in, agree with you and I I love what you said about about the village because our our village is growing every week and it really I think the 3000 words the chapter in the book was the foundation to open the door to the community, but I agree with you. I think it's so much bigger than that. And I have met and spoke to almost all of the authors and I'm just, I'm so taken back with the talent, the diversity, the willingness, and much like you said, Bernie Dorman at CEO Space and, and the level of people you've met, I feel we have a mirror image of that in the change and being able to pick up the phone or send an email at any time to talk to Jim Britt or Jim Lutz, I just think that's priceless and just such a gift for all of the authors. Would you not agree?
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's delightful to have that level of expertise and resource uh, available to us, without question.
1: Now, you are a very talented woman and you know I'm one of your biggest fans. I told you that before the call started. And I just I would love you to pick one of your talents because you have many and give us one challenge in addition to what we started with at the beginning of the call. Aside from fear, cuz that always seems to be the mainstream catalyst if you will that most coaches say uh is the is the first Barrier or mindset to work with, what do you think is is a close second for that Donna what is the the one challenge you're seeing in your clients that you feel your talents really address
2: um, i I think that what I see most of the time is I don't know where to start. I have this idea but i don't know where is the beginning i just if i just knew where to start i could make it happen it it's kind of like okay uh wouldn't it be nice if there were if every, if the whole world was like a recipe book so that you go to the kitchen you get your recipe book out and it says uh, turn on the oven to 350 degrees okay it gives you step by step instructions about where to start and what to do at every step of the way. And unfortunately, life is not necessarily that formulaic in terms of step one, step two, step three. And sometimes you can actually start at step five, and go to step six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then go back and do one, two, three, four, five. It's okay; it will still work out there's i when I started coaching, I took on the slogan of taking my clients from stuck to start in ninety minutes carefully and completely, holding the belief that wherever start was for my client was okay it was not up to me to decide where start was sometimes start is the place that is just it's the easiest it's the thing I already know how to do if if I can find a place to start sometimes the next piece will just fall into place but sometimes you know you you find a friend in the grocery store on the way to picking up the eggs, or you encounter someone as you're taking a walk in the evening, and you you have a small exchange of words, and the idea comes to you about where to start. Sometimes you just have to be open to that possibility. So, not knowing where to start. I think is a lot like an excuse because if I'm really committed, I will find a place to start. And if not, find a coach and let that coach work with you to contribute to finding your place to start. Does that work for you?
1: Donna, you you know what? You you work for me. You You are just so eloquent in your answers and... I have to segue to your chapter because you know that um, you were in book four and your chapter is called Determined and you write about the horrific uh, car accident that you were in and you know my background as a medical case manager and, and we've had a long chat and you went through a lot of orthopedic pain, physical pain, uh, injury, both head injury, physical injury, and I I sit and listen to you, and I'm just, I'm in awe, because I know the journey that you took, and when I read your chapter after I had purchased or got book for from a fellow co-author, I was there with you in those words, and just from everything you've been from Donna you you write about it so eloquently so to to hear you speak and articulate on all the amazing levels of expertise that you have in coaching i i just can't tell you like i'm smiling ear to ear right now but my heart smiles because i know that journey you endured and where did you find the grit and the will to say I'm going to get the old Donna back, and and here you are. So share a little piece with us of the depths of where you went and, and how you, you basically coached yourself back to fabulous, in my opinion.
2: Uh, thank you, Deb. Those are very kind words. Uh, at the time of the accident, I had been married for only a little more than a year and life changed in an instant i i married the prince of my dreams and i i could not i could not accept i could not see I could not visualize that our life together would have my husband looking after me as being my caregiver for the rest of my life. That was not happening. That was just not ever going to happen. We married to be a team. We were a partnership. And that was... It was a very hard thing for me to come to terms with needing to be cared for. Maybe it was something I was supposed to learn. I don't know. Uh, The journey back to here and now, back to me, was difficult, was challenging. But having having the background training that I had had in psychology and in brain function, having a belief in myself that I could make a difference for myself, and continually working at that, no matter how small the steps were. So long as I could see progress, so long as I could see success, and so long as I could uh, continue to be in a loving relationship, I just kept forging on and forging on. Eventually, uh, I was able to solicit help with individuals who either volunteered or came forward. Uh, my angel network, as I said, was I think some, t- some days working overtime and said, Donna, I think I can help you with this. I think I can help you with this. And each step forward made a difference to the point that uh, by the time... Uh, More than 10 years had passed. A woman uh, by the name of Ilika Ray, who was publisher of Rising Women magazine at the time, asked me to write an article for her. And it had been a long time since I had written anything professionally. I accepted the challenge to make an attempt. And when I pushed send and she sent back a message within five minutes that said, perfect, I knew I had a tall bar to meet the challenge of writing any more articles. I ended up eventually writing something like 16 articles for Rising Women magazine over the time that the magazine was in publication, and now I are an author i have i sorry I am an author, and I have uh written uh a number of books on self empowerment uh for individuals and for entrepreneurs
1: well, and I know since two thousand and five so the last ten years, you have written and published four self-help books including The Change in number 4 and I also know from you that your third book Lessons I Learned from the Tortoise was first released as an ebook on Kindle and here we are 3 years after its release and it's still continuing to rank very well and it it that book has captured the essence of your approach to believing in yourself and I love what you say and not waiting for the water to boil or the ice to melt. You know, Donna, when I think of you and I, I think about our conversations and just listening to you today, I, there is an unknown quote about tenacity and it says, tenacity is the ability to hang on when letting go appears most attractive. But not in your world. You you are a woman of strength, and I know in your mindset, with all your orthopedic injuries and your head injury, I know that that light at the end of the tunnel never became dim. And if it did, it wasn't for very long. Is that a fair
2: assessment? That is absolutely fair. And I I look for. Uh, in fact, I'm I'm soliciting help. I I need help. I. I'm looking for volunteers to go to Amazon.ca, buy my book, Lessons I Learned from the Tortoise, and write me a review. Or send me an email and, and share a story of their version of something that is related to the story of the tortoise and the hare. Uh, I'm looking at the possibility of doing another another, another book, another addition of the tortoise and the hare as, as a possibility. It is uh, it is the essence of me. It is what I believe. And I uh, in, in my email messages, I qu- write a quote from the tortoise. It says, challengers, invite us to take giant steps long before we might ever become giants.
1: You, you have just overcome so many obstacles and barriers, and I can just see how that value adds to your to your coaching business. So I just wanted to thank you for speaking with us today, and I just want to remind everybody there is a short bio on blogtalkradio.com with the interview today, and it's Donna Dahl, and her last name is D A H L dot and Donna, I look forward to our next uh, Skype chat with a cup of coffee or tea in hand, and I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas with your family, and just continue to be the authentic person that you are, because I just, I smile every time we talk, and I just, I think you're absolutely amazing.
2: Well, thank you for this opportunity, Deb. It's been a pleasure to be with you this morning.
1: And look forward to our next chat. So you take care. And you too. Thanks, Donna. Just such a wonderful interview with uh, Donna Dahl from book four of the change series. And she's just such an amazing uh, empowerment coach and sought after speaker. And it's just exciting for me to have that privilege every week to Speak with all of the co-authors in the change in this growing global community that we have, and I'm I'm really excited to to move into our next uh, speaker, and I'm happy to say that he, you know, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit privy to him because he is one of my book five buddies. So I'd like to take a minute to just give you a little a little background about Lawrence Pipkin. I actually got to meet him in California when Jim and Jim had the change event, and I have to say, he's a five-buddy, he's, he's five buddy. He just, he's personality, he's, he's a lot of fun, we got hypnotized together by Jim Luce, which was the first for me, he just wanted to give you a little bit of a bio In education, and he focused on cognition and problem solving, two of my favorite things, at, from the University of Texas. And then Lawrence uh, first became an HR trainer and then a trainer's trainer. He did a variety of different positions, and then he finally found his passion for helping others and decided to transition and become a life coach and a master life coach through the Certified Coaches Federation. He then gained his practitioner and master level certificates in NLP and NLP coaching, hypnotherapy, and timeline timeline therapy. So him and Jim Lutz have lots of interesting discussions, I'm sure. So Lawrence, welcome to the show.
0: Well, thank you very much. It's very good to it's, hear your voice again, Deb.
1: It's very nice to hear your voice again. And you know, Rich Perry thinks he's my only book five buddy, but he hasn't met me yet and you have. So you've got one <laughs> up on him, right?
0: <laughs> exactly. I was actually when we met in California, I Rich had been so involved in the change book with all the community that I felt like I needed to say, "Hi, I'm Rich Perry's friend Lawrence." And that way everybody knew who I was because everybody who knew who Rich was. So I'm quite fortunate to know him as well
1: it's lovely to hear your voice and how is the weather in Texas
0: what was that I'm sorry you were breaking up a little bit
1: how is the weather in Texas today
0: well it's wintertime so it's about 57 degrees so that's pretty brutal I'm sure
1: Well, we're having your winter and we're loving it. So your brutal is our excellence because uh, <laughs> we are normally avalanched in snow. And I was just telling Donna on our first interview that I think I've only had my winter coat on once. I have my snow tires on, but I certainly don't need them. So right. interesting weather we're having.
0: Definitely, definitely. I think it's because I told everybody we were going to have snow this year. So I'm pretty sure that's why we don't have any.
1: Okay, good to know. Well, I am <laughs> excited to to chat with you for the next half an hour. So I would love for you to share your area of passion and business and just give us a, a an overview for, of the listeners of, of what you're doing now and things that maybe you'd like to do in the future with your coaching practice.
0: Um, well, one of the things that I'm doing is, is right from the collaborations that I've had with the change book. Um, I have my own coaching practice. Um, I work with everyone from individuals to uh, corporations or businesses. Um, I do a lot of different stuff from hypnosis to the timeline therapy to just general life coaching. Um, What I find is that the people that come to me are always those people who are not quite sure what to do or they're stuck or they found themselves Um, in a situation that they're just no longer happy with. And they've either been looking for a way out or looking for a new opportunity or looking for something. But I find that people can't seem to find the solutions when they're in the problem. You know, it's kind of like trying to uh, convince a fish that he lives in water. He doesn't really realize it because he's in it all the time. And so I think what my purpose has been over the last uh, two years of really, really trying to um, become part of my own in in coaching is to help people realize a new perspective, uh, help them realize that there is something else or there's something inside of them that they need to get out and give them the tools and the resources to be able to do that themselves.
1: Well, I I just love that whole model and just fostering autonomy for people. And I I love the analogy that you say, you know, about the frog in the water. And I think sometimes (laughs) we get so overwhelmed and and you and I've talked about this and just the whole synergy around work-life balance. And I always come back to, we don't know what we don't know. But you certainly can't have balance or see that light at the end of the tunnel or figure things out if you're imbalanced and you can't get balance until you can actually figure out where the imbalance is. So tell tell the listeners, what's one challenge that you see in your clients or people you may speak to during a keynote that your talents really address and, and really hone in on one that you see repetitively?
0: Um, again I think it's it's all about perspective. And I think ever since I've been a, a little person, I tend to have a different perspective on things. I think that's one of my talents is and probably one of my irritations as well <laughs> for people because I tend to um offer them extremes. And sometimes if this extremes can become ridiculous enough, then people can see, ah, so there is a different perspective. And sometimes the ridiculous or the extreme is that thing that pushes them to look at something differently. Um, I know you love quotes, and um, everyone's been quoting Einstein forever. And when he says, you know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, that's what I find people are doing. Uh, they do it in relationships, they do it in business decisions. They do it every day when they get up in the morning. They do the same thing, but they wish they were getting a different result. And sometimes giving them a perspective of what's actually going on is the catalyst that causes them to change.
1: Well, and it's interesting because if if we three-way Donna back in here, that is the whole foundation and premise of her coaching. So Isn't it interesting how we can all have different fundamentals and strategies and modalities to our coaching practice, but there's always that catalyst of of how we see change and deal with mindset and fear?
0: Oh, definitely. And I think one of the the most pivotal books that I've ever read is Lao Tzu's uh, Tao Te Ching. And one of the often quoted but I think misunderstood parts of that is when he says, a master does nothing, yet leaves nothing undone. And that doesn't mean sit on the couch and hope for the best or um, law of attraction just hoping that it will come to you. Uh, what he really means is don't force it. So when you read, when you read the Tao Te Ching, Lao Tzu will tell you things like, if you feel that you need to rush forward, then you should hold back. If you feel like you should speak out, you should be quiet. And so you get things done by allowing them to flow, by allowing yourself to become part of what's going on. And the moment you become part of what's going on, you get a flow, and then things just start to happen for you because you're no longer trying to force something that isn't natural, that doesn't need to happen, or isn't in the plan for you.
1: exactly you're you're such a good speaker you know this is such a fun fun job for me and I sit here listening <laughs> to the co-authors you know speak their truth and their level of expertise and I just I feel like I go to school every Wednesday Lawrence for like an hour with the most amazing community in the world which which it is
0: well you know and that's one thing I was thinking about like what um, am I going to say that yeah. every, every co-author mm-hmm. author hasn't already said and I think it's that there is such an amazing group of people with such a vast amount of knowledge. Um I've only read books one through five so far, but I've I've reached out to co-authors to kind of exchange books with me so I can get the rest of them. But there's so much knowledge and there are so many people in the world whose voice isn't heard. And one of the wonderful things about what we're doing with the Change Book series is giving people the opportunity to have their voice heard. And even if somebody just writes a chapter and does nothing else, that's finally out there. And whoever might pick it up or or might read it, it might change how they do things. And that's one of the most amazing parts about all of this.
1: Well, and it excites me as well. And as you're talking, I'm thinking about years ago, pre-computer, I'm dating myself here, Lawrence. I remember teaching at our community college and we all have that one teacher that was just extremely impactful. And it's kind of like when somebody says, where were you on nine 11, you know, and years, like maybe 10 years later, I got a card in the mail when people still hand wrote cards and mailed them. And it was from this gentleman that was in my class. And he had said to me, you never treated me like a factory worker. You always told me that I could be a better version of myself. And I just had to have a willingness to learn and get out of my comfort zone. And he worked at a car factory on the line and went back to school. And he now runs the IT department of this car factory. And I was so taken back. And what you just said about the change global community I feel the same way. Like the talent that we have is second to none. And just, you know, I say this every week in joke, but to have friends and colleagues in over 22 countries, I really won't be renting hotel rooms anymore because I have so many friends <laughs> everywhere. Isn't that exciting?
0: Exactly. That is.
1: <laughs> well, and to know that we have an international business and I'm I'm excited to share uh with the co-authors and the listeners that we have an amazing co-author in Do- in Dubai called Johnny Mornay and I've been chatting with him and I'm going to be going to Dubai next year speaking on work-life balance. Would I have That's otherwise awesome. had a direct contact in Dubai if it hadn't been for the vision of Jim Britt and Jim Luth? Like this is so much bigger than myself and it just sounds so corny to say that, but isn't it exciting for you to to know that you have a local, national, and a, and the potential of an international business, Lawrence?
0: Oh, totally. And I I want to say one thing, Deb. Everyone looks at you and and they see a superstar because you you're creating massive action, and everybody, even the co-authors, might look at you and go, Well, you know what? I can't do that. Uh, Deb is exciting. She's got this amazing amount of energy. She knows how to balance what she's doing in her life so that she gets the most out of it. I can't do that. And I think that's a misconception. And I think that if every co-author were to get on the phone with Jim and Jim, Luce at least would say this to them. It begins with a conversation. And that's all you've done is create conversations. And so your life and opportunities will come to you if you put your phone down You quit texting, you quit looking at Facebook, and you start having conversations with the human being that is standing next to you. And I think that the more that we reach out as humans and interact and have conversations, opportunities open themselves up because people are loving people. They want to do for the person next to them, Uh, especially in Texas. If you're standing in line at a grocery store, it used to be this way before cell phones, Somebody behind you would tell you their entire life story by the time you checked out, and you were glad to hear it, and it's just a conversation, and so what you've been able to do is build this massive amount of action based on conversations, and so people might look at you and see the end result when we have to worry, you know what, just take the little steps, just have conversations, just do what you love and talk about what you love to other people, and the opportunities will come.
1: Well, you know what? Absolutely, and and thank you for that. And it's funny because now I'm being called the Mama Deb of the Change book series, and I I will gladly embrace that because I am Mama Deb. <laughs> but I want to go back to a point that you said about your chapter in book five because we're together in book five.
0: And mm. oh, by the way, you my know, mom loves you, so. Oh, does so you, you? you know you have another band?
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, well. I love that you said a couple of minutes ago that you, you know, what else could you write about that anybody would want to read? And what I want to say to you is there's one Lawrence Pipkin. So it doesn't matter how many people do what you do, Lawrence, nobody does it the way you do it. And Um, that's, that's what makes you different from the other coaches, the other speakers, the other people that do, uh, as a practitioner within NLP there's lots of people that talk about work-life balance but they don't do it like I do it
0: right right.
1: so always be mm-hmm. mindful that you you know I always joke with Jim Lutz about things and you know if I if I strategize with him or talk about a problem I always say to him at the end of the call You've just lutinized this for me. And he laughed because <laughs> it's like I could ask you any question within your area of expertise and it you're just gonna give me a, a response because you know that so well and that's what you do. But I'm right. I'm always right. interested, you know, just to comment. People say, Well, how did you get the radio show? And you know what, I got really bold one day, and I, and I have not said this on the radio show yet, and we've been doing this since the end of September. I got really bold one day, and I made an appointment online to speak with Jim and Jim, and they called me, and they said, what's up? And I said, well, you know, you talk and train us about boldness gets rewarded, and they said yes, and I said, I want to be the brand ambassador for the series and they said, "Okay, what does that look like to you?" And I said, "Can I create a radio show?" And they said, "Go for it."
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: it's what you just said. I just I just asked a question. Right. Right. I saw a vision, um I love people. I love to chat, as you know. Um I'm outgoing and I would rather talk on the phone all day than type text messages and emails and I furthermore because of geographical boundaries, I'd love to have coffee with all of the co-authors. And someday I will. (laughs) For right now, picking up the phone or a lot of times, like you and Rich and I have done, we have a Skype and have a a coffee and I can still see you. So it's just very, it's just that personal level of communication. There's nothing that will ever replace that in our life.
0: Right, right.
1: And And I see that amongst, all the co-authors. We are so individualistic in our areas of expertise. And one of the authors today posted a video from the bathroom before she was speaking and she was afraid, but she just needed to talk to her global community to reassure herself how great she was. And I thought, Mm -hmm. good for you. And I know from any of the greats, and I'd love for you to chime in on this, I think we always have to maintain a little bit of fear before we speak. And I'd love for you to just talk about that for a minute. And where, where do you go emotionally and physically right before you get on stage or you're going to address a group of people talking about your area of expertise?
0: Well, first of all, speaking in front of people scares the living daylights out of me. And um, I am a jumble of a jumble of a jumble of nerves and what i try to do i take a deep breath and i just let what comes to me comes to me i i've tried to have notes i might have an outline um so that i can actually keep track but i find that i just i i look at the people look at the people's eyes and i i try to feel their soul and i just i just speak it scares me to death But the moment that I feel that there's some sort of a connection, then all of a sudden I'm okay. Um, I've never actually thrown up before anything or anything drastic like that. But I'm incredibly frightened. Um, But the thing is, the fright is not as scary as if I didn't do it. And so, yes, I believe that fear is there but I think that the fear of not doing it is greater than the fear of doing it for me Um, the fear that I might fail is not as great as the fear that I will never try so for me the bigger fear is not even beginning so I I can push my way through the little fears of oh I don't want to speak to these people or I'm nervous or they're going to think I'm an idiot so am I wearing the right clothes do I look right am I doing weird hand gestures I can let go of all of that because I know that I want something more and that pushes me and drives me past that fear does that make sense
1: it totally makes sense to me and it's a beautiful segue because i'm now going to take you to a paragraph in your chapter that i love and it's it's the it, you just did such a beautiful segue of what you just said there so i'm going to read it i'm going to read a paragraph out of your chapter and you were in the change 5 and your chapter is entitled the ghost in your machine here here's the aha paragraph when you are engaged, it is vertical cognitive growth. Some people just call it meditation. What it does for you over repeated sessions is awaken that ghost in your machine, that dream, that realization of who you really, truly are supposed to be. But it does more than just wake the ghost of infinite possibilities that it you that is you. It fosters it, it grooms it, it makes it undeniable, and when that happens, you will have no choice but to lift yourself out of that comfortable pot of boiling water, out of the lectus cubu I can't even pronounce this word, cubicularis <laughs> of slumber and create the life that you were destined to create in your machine is more than just a nod to the beginnings of the mind body struggle. It is the acknowledgement for me that I see all the universe and all of the infinite possibilities alive in you, so here's my question to you, Lawrence.
0: who wrote that Did I write that <laughs> You wrote that how How
1: do we help the ghost in your machine overcome public speaking because you are very talented and you have you have a lot to teach the world so maybe we maybe we need to get Rich Perry to hypnotize you or Jim Lutz, or what do you think is a good strategy i'm 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 being facetious, but seriously, taking that paragraph that you wrote that's so impactful and the theme of your whole chapter, why do you think you still have that fear of getting up and speaking?
0: I think, and um and I think it I think it was. Jim Lutz, who said this when we were in California, he said, the number one thing that causes us to be afraid is, is acceptance. And once you can accept yourself, then it doesn't matter. What I like to tell people is what somebody else thinks of you is none of your damn business. So I think that it boils down to acceptance. And once you can accept what you're doing as the right thing, then it really doesn't matter. Then there's really no fear there. Uh, there's no there, – sure, there might be butterflies. There might be the the little things. But once you accept yourself and you accept the message that you want to give people, then I think all that goes away. I think that that gives you the freedom and the ability to actually speak from your heart and to speak from a place that you know is helpful, for whoever might be listening. Because once we say the words, they're no longer ours. They're for somebody else to take and for somebody else to then grow or foster or create something for themselves. And then those words become their words. So when we write, when we sing, when we speak, when we act, whatever it is, when we do something that is of a creative mode, once it's out there, it's no longer ours. So we don't have to hold on to that fear of what are people gonna think about us. We just have to realize what do we think about us. And the moment that you can have that realization that you accept yourself, then everything else is just gravy. <laughs> does that make well, any sense it, at all?
1: It does and I, I you, you do know I love quotes. You warmed my heart when you said that. Um, <laughs> it, it is nobody's business um, what you're doing. And I think that the underlying or crossover emotion with that is perception. And a lot of times people can present themselves much different with their body language and how they, how they speak. And then, you know, all the other elements that go along with that and and other nonverbal cues that sometimes I think misperception is always in the forefront right behind perception. And Mm -hmm. it's, is the number one fear for people uh public speaking except for me you know i was i was the little kid in grade 5 who had their hand up wanting to do their speech first so i i guess i feel i guess i feel i don't want to say lucky cuz that's not the right word i feel privileged that i've never had the fear of public speaking and when i speak to larger audiences like i've done this year I, I've shared with Jim and Jim that when you step on that stage and you know from your words and your actions and the emotions that you're portraying about the subject you are so passionate about, and for me, it's work-life balance, you know that at least one person in that audience is, is going to get it. And that, to me, is is a priceless gift and a skill that I, I have. And I know that you have it too. So here's the million-dollar question, Lawrence. When are you going to start speaking?
0: Um, I don't know. You know, that's um, – well, actually, I do know. Uh, Rich and I put together a program called Vortex Mastermind. And uh, it's an online program that we're launching this month. And in 2016, we're actually going to take that program to a uh, a two-day seminar. And we're actually going to tour with it. So I guess that will be when I start speaking is when we start doing that. We uh, we did a little um, practice run of it up in Pennsylvania. I flew up to Pennsylvania and spoke at a little convention up there. And then Rich and I did a, a little live program uh, to kind of test it out and see what it was like. And once we got over laughing at ourselves, we we're like, okay, this is really pretty good. So... We're going to put that together, and um, I guess that'll be 2016 is when we'll actually put that on the on the road and get our voices out there.
1: I think 2016 is going to be a year of prosperity for us, and I can see our Change Book series global community doubling, if not tripling, or quadrupling, or whatever maybe googleplex which is like the largest number in the world um and and we're a part of that and i just think that that is so amazing so we have about a minute left so tell our listeners uh what you've got coming up where to get a hold of you and just any other last words you'd like to say
0: okay i know we had talked about doing an exercise uh but we actually talked about the exercise in our conversation and it's part about Finding that person inside of you, just clear your mind and find that per- that perfect person inside of you um, who is you, the one that has all the answers to all the questions, that uh, does everything perfectly, and realize that that person is you, and all you have to do is ask that person to come out every single day. So when you get up in the morning, have a little quiet time, envision that person in your head, that person that is you and be that person for the day. If you can only make it a half a day, do it again and be it for the rest of the day. So I encourage people to look within. And one of the things that is coming up for us, if you guys go to vortexmastermind.com, you can follow us on uh, Facebook, uh, like us on Twitter, become part of a group that we're putting together that is going to give this type of information to people that want to really empower their lives and actually want to push forward and and do great things. So in lieu of of an exercise, just look within and don't force anything. Uh, Remember that if you have to force something, that's the moment that you should let go and you should relax and you should find your flow in the universe and see how the universe will treat you
1: that is amazing. So I want to take some time to just thank uh Lawrence for coming on the show today and also Donna and I'm going to leave I'm going to leave you Lawrence with a quote and then we will say goodbye till next week. And this is by Eric John. And the quote goes like this, and the trouble is, if you don't risk anything, you risk even more. So, Lawrence, I'm sending you a big hug, my Book 5 buddy, and I look forward to seeing you in 2016, and thanks for spending time with me on the show today.
0: It was my pleasure. Thank you, Deb.
1: You take care. Merry Christmas.
0: (laughs) Merry Christmas to you. Bye-bye.
1: So, to our listeners, we'll be back here next week. I can't believe it. December 23rd, and I've got a big surprise in store for you. So, join us next Wednesday Live. At 130 Eastern, have a great day everybody.